hello everyone welcome back to the football idealist podcast today we're going to be talking about all things inter uh, i'm hussein football hussein on twitter uh, I'm RMD, Ramdota Ian on Twitter. I'm Nick at NC Safe Sixteen on Twitter. Hi everybody, I'm uh, Nima Tali Ruzzari. I'm an Italian football journalist, as in a journalist that covers Italian football, not an Italian. I'm born in, I was born in Iran, raised in Sweden, lived in Italy, studied in Italy. I founded Semprinto.com, the world's biggest internet news site in English about 19 years ago. I've worked for everyone from Gold.com to Gianluca Di Marzio, and now I'm, I do exclusives for Football Italia and uh, Forza Italian Football. Uh, and I also got a podcast called the Italian Football Podcast. And uh, Nima's our guest today, and we'll be talking about uh, Inter with him. So first off, um, the most recent news, uh, what's your thoughts on the new logo? I like it. Um, I, I understand that, uh, you know, what people don't understand, there's a couple of things people don't understand that we need to think about. And that's the thing that this is not a crest, it's a logo. Uh, crests are something different. Football clubs used to have crests, but nowadays with the, nowadays they're lifestyle brands especially the big clubs um, they're all lifestyle brands uh, and they uh, they they then ad- so they adapt accordingly so it's not a crest it's a logo um, and what, what does that mean well a logo is supposed to be able you know the, nowadays logos are supposed to be able you're supposed to be able to use them in all kinds of contexts using all kinds of colors um, and and sizes and it's supposed to be able to stand out so what people uh, again color is relevant to a logo as such because it's the design and the graphic design and people conflate all these things um, and in terms of the graphic design the logo uh, um, is, is, is brilliant because you can use it in so many different colors you're the inter, inter have the flexibility to use it in all sorts of shapes and sizes and colors and and resolutions to to do what they want which is to promote the brand uh, the brand that is Inter Milan and obviously Inter have always and they've removed the FC which is not needed because everybody knows that Inter is a football club Um, and uh, they've added the M part and emphasized that Inter Milan now there's a reason for that uh, and something that a lot of people don't talk about and that is because if you look at SEO and that's really important if you search Milan you get the city and you you get AC Milan Uh, Inter uh, don't don't necessarily rank that well in in, in terms of search terms. Uh, in, when you search for Milan football, you get AC Milan. You don't even get Inter in the top searches. So they want to change that, and they want to be known as Inter Milan. Um, and that's uh, that, that's a break away from how it used to be, where Inter was always Inter, at least in Italy. So no, I, I think the logo is brilliant. I really like it. Um, I don't really, I don't really bother myself with with people who complain and, and and if you look at the stuff that most of the complaints have been about it's just been can you know people who don't under have understood what the what it is and how it is but, but and also another aspect is that you know the ones that scre- you know people only speak up when they're upset and don't like something when they like something they don't say anything they they stay quiet and, and, I, and an overwhelming majority of people like it um yeah it's just that the don't like it whinge a lot loudly and yeah. so you know I, I i i don't really care about that to be honest yeah i mean it's, i i never thought about it that way and uh, i like the point about the the search results like inter's always been internationally uh mm. like in the history records and all that and uh i get why people are mad about it because 
like uh, football is all about the history and the culture and all that and you have all these old well, heads you know but they've not changed so yeah but it's not old heads it's 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 misunderstandings because um inter haven't changed anything inter have always been if we're talking the name of the club it's fc internazionale milano and it's always been known short inter yeah. so they haven't they haven't changed the name the name is still fc internazionale milano of the club the only thing is that they are deciding to use inter milan when they market themselves yeah. it's a marketing decision and a pr decision and a very wise one at that so nothing has been changed and if you were to i mean you know people are going to criticize uh, which i understand that you know for example when they when when juve fans were really upset with the juve logo remake i get that because that was a complete break away from everything that had to do with juventus before there was nothing you know it was a complete brand break uh, with, with cutting all ties to the past there was nothing that suggested that they were who juve were in the past at all but this logo does tie in it's a bridge between the old and the new it's minimalistic which is you know in terms of which is very typical of far east asian and and scandinavian design the guy who did it uh, is is a german um is a german designer one of the best graphic designers in the world who uh, mirko borsche who um who uh who, i mean just look at his cv if you want to you want to see who he works for and he he does minimalistic stuff and and it's a bridge between the old and the new asia and europe um and i i think it was the rollout of it was absolutely fantastic so uh, i think the way they presented it and the way that they're going to use the i'm i am i'm now some of it is a bit you know congested and crowbarred in when when they i, I giggled like a child when i saw they were trying to you know yeah i'm I'm book made me laugh because it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. It's, it's like it's like it's, it's ridiculous. There was no need for that. But I mean, I think you know, I think they're doing that on purpose just to have a little bit of a laugh and fun with it. But uh, other than that, I think you know, I'm Milan and 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 the entire rollout of it has been simply fantastic. And I've not been a big fan of some of the stuff they've done. I thought their anti-racism campaign boo was, was <laughs> silly. Yeah. Uh, I think the least. Yeah, I mean, it was silly. Brothers universally yeah. united make absolutely no sense. And boo is not racist as such. It's the monkey chants that were that were racist, that are racist. Uh, booing, everyone boos at, a, at any yeah. sporting event. And, and it was and, and this was and this was kind of built on a misunderstanding and a poor translation thing where ululati, uh, as they call it in Italian, is is the is the, is the is the verb for that sound. And this was translated to boo. And it was it was just ridiculous because that just doesn't make any sense. Same thing with <clears throat> not for everyone because that was also a bad translation from Italian. Non è da tutti, not not for everyone. It's like it's uh, you know the, when when they translate it to not for everyone, which is not exactly what it means in Italian. It's it's uh, non è da tutti means that it's it, it is for, but it's more like it's not uh, it's not that it's exclusionary in that sense but like more like not everyone can be an interista if that makes sense yeah, <clears throat> yeah. but they translated it really poorly um so so it became really elitist and exclusionary and and it was ripped to pieces quite rightly but um this this i think was absolutely fantastic from start to finish uh the way they dis- the way they the rollout the, the ideas behind the way this has been developed uh and and also the the the, the stuff that they're going to do with it now is i'm really looking forward to it i think i've some of the stuff i've seen from their collection uh is, is simply stunning 
Um, and I think this is going to be one of those things that wins awards because it's it's genuinely remarkably well well done. Uh, that's that's definitely like something I haven't heard like on the time. A lot of seen is criticism, but uh, moving on to the more like footballing football aspect of uh, the club. Currently, Inter are eight points clear and they have a game in hand, and mm. uh, they're not in any other competitions. So no. from now to the end of the season. What what can Inter do to like for the rest of their season? No, this is about winning the Scudetto, and it's going to be decided this month. Um, Inter have have Sassuolo and Cagliari, then they have Napoli, Spezia, and Hellas, um, and those are the those those games are all winnable, and Inter can afford to 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 draw one and lose one, and still win the the scudetto by by a, by a healthy margin i think from now on until the end of the season it's basically all about containing uh, I would, I would, i'm not expecting inter to play well it's about winning the games starting with sassuolo and if they win against sassuolo and cagliari i don't see how anyone's going to catch them because that means they can still afford to lose to juve juve roma and napoli and still win the title yeah. so you know so so to me this is this is um It's not a foregone conclusion because this is Inter. Remember, crazier things have happened <laughs> and will undoubtedly, both positive and a negative sense. But I, I still think that this is uh, the way Conte has got this team. They're they're perform they're like a machine now, especially after Christmas. He got them um, the way he he managed to transform this team tactically because I think there has been a huge tactical shift from how. He started the season, and also if we were to look at a little broader sense, if we compare Conte's Juve or Conte's Chelsea to this Inter, he's completely adapted uh, and 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 uh, changed how he uses his midfield. He's changed the balance. He's uh, in terms of how deep they play, how deep they start the the, the the defensive line, where it goes, where it starts, and the, the relationship between the two. Um, for example, how he uses his midfield, his two midfielders to drop deep, like central defenders, prompting Skriniar and Bastoni, uh, the, the, the central defenders on the right and left hand side, to become full backs and the wing backs to become wingers. Um, that it's, it's a very, you know, he, he likes to talk about vertical football and it really is like that. It's, he's, he's absolutely adapted. Uh, this was something that he's done on the job. This wasn't something where that he had a vision and came to Inter to introduce. This is something that he's tweaked. And he's also with Perisic, uh, Perisic and, Skrini, uh, and Ericsson. He, you know, I, I've always, in my opinion, he's Antonio Conte is at his best when his his back is against the wall, and he's forced to to work with what he's got and do the best with what he's got in the league. Man, well, not just in the league, just generally. Uh, when when he, you know, that's why he succeeded with the Italian national team, the worst Italian national team in terms of yeah. quality in my. Because when he's when he's at his best is when he's forced to when he know when he has to accept that he can't buy players he can't bring in new new players and new signings and and he's forced to work with what he's got and 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 therefore he kind of he has this ability his man management skills are brilliant in terms of he can you know the way he's gotten Ivan Perisic and Christian Eriksen who are established stars they're not up and younging hungry young players these are established stars. And to get them to accept this new role, which they've never really played in and not really excelled in, and not only accept it but embrace it wholeheartedly. Um, and and I mean, look at Ericsson now. I mean, he's 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 becoming a complete midfielder, and that's that's you know thanks to both of them. But it's it's, it's a large part of it is thanks to 
Christian uh, to to Antonio Conte undoubtedly. You talked about uh, Conte's back being to the wall and them not being able to uh, sign anyone. So yeah. before we talk about the financial issues in Turin, uh, can you just give us a breakdown of what these are? Because I see a lot of people saying Inter are broke, Inter are whatever. And no, like look, all clubs, all clubs uh, are in have a, have 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 financial issues because of what happened following the pandemic. Like that's just how it is. That's just a fact of life. It, it I mean, in that case, if Inter are broke, then what are Barcelona? Um, you know, so it's uh, everyone has financial issues um, because of revenue drop a, a sudden a sudden and massive decrease of the revenue which prompted um you know which 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 took the revenues off a cliff uh, they didn't just go down they went off a cliff now what that means is that um what that means is that the the clubs have to adapt or every single club and this isn't unique for inter or juve or anyone this is the same for everyone um, they've had to survive on the TV deals, and naturally, the TV deals that is the best is the Premier League clubs' TV deals, and they, they therefore have managed to to go through this the best. Um, and then you have PSG, which are structured in a different way, having the Qatari government back them up. So, you know, it's 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 different for each club. Um, but as far as Inter are concerned, there aren't Inter don't have any financial financial problems per se. The issue is that the owners Suning Suning. They are they are they are a giant conglomerate who's who make their money. They're in the business of real estate and retail, to in markets that have been hit the hardest by this pandemic. And even though they're, they're, their businesses are doing well, what they the, the problem has been a lack of liquidity, in cash, cash on hand, um, and that in turn has prompted them to that prompted them to to say to to Inter that we in the last summer that we won't be able to buy anyone. We won't be able to invest cash in the transfer market and we'll have to bring in players on free transfers and take on their salaries. Um, and that's why you saw Arturo Vidal and uh, Alexander Kolarov and Matteo Darmian arrive at the club. So, so yeah, um, that's what that is. Um, what, we see, what we see now is that, you know, Sunin, <clears throat> obviously their, their first choice is that they don't want to sell the club, they want to keep the club, but they value if they're going to sell the club, they want one billion euros because that's what they value the club at. Um, so what they're looking for is essentially someone to come in and invest um, and help uh, w- w- an investment of around 300 million euros to help the club float uh, in terms of liquidity issues until we get past this pandemic and everything opens up if it ever opens up and 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 we we move forward from there on. Now there are a couple of things that are a problem here and that is the geopolitical issue and without going into into that too deeply what we know is that there is a trade war instigated by the former US president and the EU against China which which means that China feels the Chinese government feels that they're under attack. And so what they have done as a response to this as well as to the uh, financial effects of COVID-19 is to impose a a ban on capital leaving the leaving China. Now, what does that mean? That means basically that non-essential uh, that that investments in non in what the what the Chinese government has decreed as uh, identified as non-essential uh, businesses, uh, such as you know what what is essential non-essential. It, essential is telecom, uh, you know. Uh, IT stuff like that. Yeah. Football, football is deemed as a luxury. So they've put a limit on how much 
money that you can take out of China to invest in those areas. And that's where Suning has an issue. And that's where Suning needs to find a solution. Uh, because now they've, they didn't used to be, but now they are kind of via, via subsidiaries, all part owned by the Chinese government, which means that they have to, it puts extra restrictions on them. So I think um, Inter will need, you know, they, 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 they have guaranteed and they will guarantee Inter running until the end of the year. They've said that numerous times, they can keep the club afloat. Um, but what they need to do is because at the same time, they brought in loads of sponsors who've all defaulted on their sponsorship payments. So it's not just match day revenue. It's, it's not just tickets. It's, it's also sponsors because obviously Suning's uh, sphere of interest is in China, is in e Asia and all the sponsorships they have brought in from there, they've not been able to pay because of similar liquidity issues. So it's, it's like, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's quite the mess for everyone. But um, you know what will happen. You know, I still think that Suning will want to stay. I, I, I see the way they've behaved the recently. Inters to me suggest that they're not going anywhere. Um, and I think what they're looking to do is simply bring on a minor. They're looking to bring on investors, uh, and they'll be prepared to sell, but only if someone meets their evaluation. Uh, I remember. There was some rumors about the Saudis' uh, in investment fund uh, mm -hmm. that they were willing to try and probably go into talks with Inter Milan. How likely is that to actually happen uh, well, for them to try and maybe buy them out? No, I mean, again, if, if the Saudis pay a billion euros, then they can have Inter. It's as simple as that. But they don't want to pay a billion euros and they don't have that kind of cash on hand because it's not just buying the club. It's also clearing the debts, uh, you know, what do you do with the bond, etc, etc. So this, it's quite clear that the Saudis won't be able to, and also the Saudis are looking to, you know, that's, that's not a private company, that's the Saudi government investment fund. Um, so there, there are also geopolitical problems with that, such as, for example, the Saudis creating Be Out, uh, which is a piracy service that broadcasts Syria and all the um, all the sporting rights that the Qatari-owned be in sports used to have in the Middle East, uh, that because of the the problems between the two countries, the Saudis simply just blocked be in and created their own uh, piracy service, broadcasting the the rights that be in own in 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 um, in, in the in, in in Saudi and the Middle East. Um, so you know you've got that issue that 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 has been has not been paid. So how do you how do you bring the Saudis into Italy? Now that's also problematic. Then you have the problems, you know, China and Saudi don't exactly have the best relationships either, uh, in terms of the government. So how do you you know how do you incorporate that? But it's quite clear that they're interested. Uh, they are interested. They want. They have realized the the goodwill PR that investing in football clubs buys. Uh, they have learned that from watching Qatar and 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 Russian oligarchs, etc. Uh, and and they want they want a they want a piece of that. So whether or not they go into Inter or not is really difficult to say, but it's quite clear that, that right now, Inter Suning want an investment uh, around 300 million euros. And they're, that's, where, that's the level of what they want. Um, so we'll have to see if they find a deal. I personally lean more towards the Fortress hybrid loan deal, um, which we'll see what happens with that. Okay, um, Neymar, can you hear me? Yes. 
Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask about a, a rumor that has been floating around recently from uh, outlets from many different countries. Uh, it's about a specific player, about uh, Hakimi. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, he's been linked uh, to Arsenal. He's supposedly been the, the main target for next summer. Uh, at first, I thought it was a bit of a nonsensical rumor because he just signed there. But then uh, I saw reports saying that uh, Inter, due to their financial problems, have not been uh, able to pay off uh, the installments to Real Madrid. And so I just well, want to ask... Well, that's not true. That's not true. But, that's yeah, not that's what I want to ask. Is yeah, there no, 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 any no. chance that he no, goes? No, no, no. If, if he go, every player is, is, is for sale if, if the buying clubs pays what the selling clubs want. Uh, that that's that's how the transfer market works nowadays. So you know, if if somebody wants Hakimi, they have to pay what Inter want. Uh, but Inter being forced to sell Hakimi because of the payments to Real Madrid not being made is absolute nonsense. It's not true. The payments have been made. The payments have absolutely been made for Man to to Man United to Real Madrid. Real Madrid even went out and said a couple of months ago that these reports are, tr are untrue. There are no problems between the clubs. There's there's a deal in place, and and that deal is being respected and it has been respected. So you know if whether or not Inter sell a player this summer to finance their other dealings on the transfer market, that's another story. Um, but it's but and, and also in terms of cutting wages, I think that's what Inter will need to do. For example, that's why I think players, you know, Ashley Young is on a high salary, Arturo Vidal, Alexander Kolarov, you know, these older players on high salaries, they'll probably be shipped off um, and, and, and they'll probably be for free. But Ashraf Hakimi leaving Inter, I mean, sure, if, if, if Arsenal play, pay what Inter want, then fine. But I, I, as far as, I, as if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't see Arsenal playing in Europe even next season. So I doubt that, I, I don't see, unless they pay a huge sum of money, I don't see where that's going to come from. Um, they might be interested, but being interested and actually being able to pull the deal over the finish line are two different things. I think that if Hakimi were to go somewhere, it wouldn't be Arsenal. How much do you think Inter would value him, uh, given that they paid 40 million euros last summer, yeah. I think? Yeah, I think so. so well, well, Suning, I mean, let's remember, Suning don't sell unless they're happy. So I would say they would, Arsenal would need to fork out something like 70, 80 million euros. Like there's, if you want to buy one of these, the, one of the jewels of this Inter, then you have to be willing to pay that, that price. Yeah, yeah, so, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this, that's why I don't think he'll leave. I really don't think he'll leave. I don't think any of them will leave. I don't think Lukaku will leave. I mean, Pep Guardiola has been links of, you know, Lukaku going to, to Man City, but Guardiola went out and said, we're not buying a striker this summer because no one has any money. Like, this is what I mean. People have to, this is the new reality with COVID. And until everything opens up and, and life opens up and we have a return to the normal, then, then this is the, the, transfer, the transfer market is going to be relatively quiet. Um, the reason why Chelsea were able to do what they did is because they hadn't spent money for three, four, years, three, four windows. Um, so they had a lot of money left over that they could spend. And and so the the others, you know, they they won't. This is this this. It's going to be a lot of bartering, a lot of swap trade deals and loans. Um, that's that's how this is the new reality we're in. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Inter's jewels, and I think we can we can agree that. Um... Inter have a very strong core of players under 30, mm. Uh, mm. like Lautaro, like Skriniar, like uh, even younger people like Bastoni and uh, Barella, Barella and Barella, uh, yeah. Hakimi. 
and yeah, uh, sure. but they also have a lot of dead wood, uh, yeah. like uh, Ashley Young, uh, like Dormian, like. Uh, well, Dormian, I think, is different because he's only thirty and he's a functional player in this system. Um, Ivan Perisic is getting on a bit, but he's done really well. I, I expect Ashley Young, Andrea Ranocchia. Um, Arturo Vidal, Alexander Kolarov. These are players that I expect to leave. And then you also have to remember that there's Raja Nangolan and João Mario and the future of Valentino Lazaro to, to, to resolve as well. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I, I still think that, um, you know, Valentino Lazaro, does Conte believe in him? If so, then they need to incorporate him. And then is he willing to be a backup player to Ashraf Hakimi? Um, then, then you know, then you have the issue with we, then you have Perisic and Darmian on the other side, but so that's 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 one solution. Uh, but does Perisic want to leave? Does he not want to play wing back? Then Inter have to let him go in the summer because his contract expires next uh, 2022, if I'm not mistaken, June. So this is the last chance to do any money on him to cash in on him. Uh, so you know, does does Perisic leave? And where if he leaves, where does he want to go? Does he want to go to the Premier League before you know that's his last chance to play in the Premier League? So, so there's a lot of issues here, but um, as far, but I can almost guarantee that the the, the, con the expiring contracts of Ashley Young and Andrea Ranocchia won't be renewed, and then you have Arturo Vidal and Ash uh, Alexander Kolarov that needs to be resolved. Then you have uh, Andrea Pinamonti, which doesn't suit this system in any shape, size, or form. Yeah. He needs to find. They need. To, they need to offload him, and then they need to find a backup striker to Romelu Lukaku, uh, as as Alexis Sanchez and Lautaro has already said. So there's quite there's quite a bit of tweaking that needs to be done this summer, but nothing can be done un until the ownership situation is resolved, and I expect it to be resolved over the next few weeks. And even uh, someone like Handanovic, I've always rated Handanovic as one of the best goalkeepers of the last decade, but mm. he's approaching 36 or 37. Yeah, and uh, he's 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 been declining as well, and yeah, despite still being a good goalkeeper, he's been declining and needs replacement. So, who would you buy realistically in this coming summer window, if anyone? I I I think it's time to do something there. I think Padelli is a third choice goalkeeper, and I don't ever want to see him start for Inter ever again in an important game. <laughs> Um, uh, but when it comes to Handanovic, I think Handan it's time to replace Handanovic and it's time to maybe have Handanovic accept a backup role. Um, and whether or not he's willing to do that remains to be seen. Um, I think they'll sit down and talk at the end of the season and decide what to do. Um, I personally agree with you. I think he's declining. I think he's already peaked. Um, I think Inter need a new goalkeeper, a new goalkeeping era. Uh, that a goalkeeper that will stay there for 10 years. And for like me, it's... Exactly, like Handanovic, like Julio Cesar before him, and like Toldo before him, and then Paliuka and Zenga. So you, you need to have the goal... The goalkeeping position is a position you need to resolve for five, six, seven years at a time at big clubs. Um, and if you don't, you risk having quite the problems like Chelsea did after trying to replace Peter Cech. Yeah. Um, they've, they've, had, they've had issues there. Um, so, um, <clears throat> no, I, I think that it's, um, I, 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 if it were up to me, it'd be, it, it, it would be Juan Musso. I think he's, he's the one I'd go for, but I know that Udinese are impossible to do business with <laughs> and very difficult to do business with and, and they value their assets. Um, I think if I were to choose a player from Udinese, I'd rather it be Rodrigo de Paul. I think he would suit Antonio Conte to the letter. Um, yeah. in midfield 
But um, if we're talking goalkeepers, Cranio is the one I think uh, it's a player I rate, and Alessio Cranio is a player I rate, and also a player that I think Inter can do business with, given the the previous dealings with Cagliari. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned uh, earlier with the, before Hussein asked about Andanovic. You mentioned a lot about uh, Inter's older players, and uh, what I've noticed is that a lot of these older players have been recent signings, like. Uh, Sanchez, Vidal, Kolarov, uh, yeah. Darmian, uh, and even other guys that have left already, like Godin, and then they've also been linked for uh, with Olivier Giroud for like two yeah. years now. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to ask: Are those Conte back signings? Like, does Conte, because, oh. like, yeah, because I, in my opinion, as a neutral, I feel like that's hurting the club because uh, they're all players with zero resale value. They're declining. It's not really going to help. Then you're talking about Color and Vidal. They just signed them like eight months ago and they yeah. already need to upload them. Are these Conte decisions or decisions to, no, to Con- sign Con- players? Con- Conte has wanted Alexander Kolarov and, and Arturo Vidal from the very first day he came to the club. They are very much Conte signings. Darmian was done a year earlier and then they, was con- they had a gentleman's agreement on the specific request of Antonio Conte. Uh, Darmian has turned out well. For the role he fills, um, Vidal and Kolarov have been unmitigated disasters, and these are issues that you know. If you put if you put them if you put yourself in the situation Inter were in, they had no choice but to sign these players. But now, moving forward, they have to offload them because Vidal is finished and he's been finished. If you ask me, he's been finished since he left Bayern Munich. Uh, he, yeah, he was agreed. finished. Yeah, he was he was finished already at Barcelona. I, 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 this is a guy that you know he he looked good for Chile. Absolutely, but um, he doesn't. He can't deliver consistently week in week out at this level anymore, and he 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 hasn't for three years. And that's something that I think Inter will need to resolve. Uh, Kolarov will will same thing there. Ashley Young and Ranocchi as well. So once you get rid of these players, you free up a hell of a lot of space in the squad, and and the, and, and 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 spaces that need to be filled up. Uh, who do you bring in? Okay, so if does if Lazaro comes back, okay, fine. Then you have Perisic and Darmian on the other side, and Lazaro and Hakimi on the right. That's that resolves itself. Or if you can offload Lazaro and sell him, and then bring back Di Marco, who's been excellent. You have him as a alternate with with the Perisic on the left, you know, uh, or if if Perisic wants to stay, um, what do you do with Perisic? Do you extend his contract, or do you let that run run out its course and 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 move on next summer? Um, you have Ranocchia. It's time for him to leave. They're not going to extend his contract. So Maximovic seems to be the one they want to bring in to replace him to, to take up to take a. To take up a, a back uh, um, backup role to defray uh, Skriniar and Bastoni, which is only right. Well, then you but if you get then if you get rid of Kolarov, which they will do, who do you have as a left center central defender? You need to resolve that issue. You need to bring someone in who can do that. Personally, I think Danilo D'Ambrosio is good there. He he's very functional in that position. But um, yeah, there's 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 a lot to be you know, and, and then you have the midfield, you know, Vecino, Sensi. What you know, what's going on there? Because Stefano Sensi, it's quite clear that there is some issue there because he plays for Italy and scores and wins them games, but he sits on the bench at Inter. That situation needs resolving. Do you sell him? And if you sell him, who do you replace him with? What do you do with Gagliardini? What do you do with Vecino? You know, these are you know these are questions that need asking, and there's not a lot of time to answer these questions. And and so yes, I agree with you. This is a waste of money. And it is. It was. It was all Conte decisions. 
but it was also decisions Inter were forced to make because of the situation they were in. And, and you know, they, they've all delivered since then. And I think Antonio Conte has realized that those players he brought in, especially Vidal and, and Kolarov, turned out to be, to be duds. Um, because he, he got a lot of credit for the Lukaku signing being such a success. Um, and Hakimi, uh, which he should, because they have been, and it is his player. These are also his players. Should We should be fair. Alexis Sanchez, same thing there. It's a player he wanted, and he's been great uh, in the role that he's, he's, he got, he's got at Inter. So um, now it's, uh, it's, it's and Barella as well. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I do think that there's a lot of questions need asking, because if you want to build and continue on a winning cycle, you need to replace long-term with younger players, and you need to get rid of some of the deadwood. Um, and and that's that's where we are with that. And um, seeing as uh, hopefully Inter are going to win the Scudetto, so early congratulations. Um, the you. the standard next season for most fans is going to be Scudetto again. We need to challenge. We need to uh, push whoever's going to yeah. challenge us. And um, you, you went out early in Europe this season, and uh, mm. which has. Uh, disappeared from the uh, media and whatever because you're winning the Scudetto. So what are your ambitions for next season? Do you want, do you expect another Scudetto and uh, a knockout stage in Europe? It's impossible. It's it's impossible to talk about the Scudetto now in this season. I mean, I, I you have to look at the transfer market. You have to look at what happens, what the clubs do. I expect Juventus to to do quite a bit because they this has been a failed abject failure for them. 100%, I, expect, yeah. I, I expect Roma to bring in an actual coach that knows what the hell he's doing. Um, I expect Milan to to do some, uh, to reinforce and continue their project. Um, I, I There's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, I expect Napoli to replace Gattuso because yeah. I think that I think I think they will because this the the club the team is too inconsistent and he doesn't seem able to handle them. Um, so no, there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot that needs answering. There's a lot of questions that need answering. It's impossible to say now, but every club I will say this: every club and Inter Inter have always you know this should be every club's goal. It has to you have to improve on the previous season. So if you win the scudetto and if you want to build you know then Inter should win the scudetto. They have to go, go past the group stage of the Champions League. It's as simple as that. They just simply have to do that. Yeah. Um, they have to make it to a final of a Coppa Italia and even try to win that. Um, but that's, that's what Inter's goal should be. It should be able to compete on three fronts, start to begin to compete seriously on three fronts. So, yeah, that, that's, that's where I am with that. Um, so, so Champions League is absolutely imperative because Inter need the money. That's a revenue. That creates revenue as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect them to uh, really like uh, win the Champions League or no, 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 like, no go no, for no. because of the squad issues we discussed and all that. Mm. But like no, said, but they have to go through the group. I, I think yeah. they're Inter are good enough to go past the group stage, absolutely. Um, but but and and maybe a quarter final, you know. But yeah. not. But more. If you want more than that, then you need to, you know, you need to you need to invest quite a bit. Yeah. Do we have time for one last question? Sure. Yeah, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there were some reports about Conte leaving last summer. Am I right mm. about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. there, was a, there yeah. was a public bust up. Yeah, how close was he to actually leaving? And uh, will there be a change in the situation with a change of new ownership? Like, could a new well, ownership come in and Conte leave? Or 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, talk about that. Well, that's that's a really interesting issue because I think at the end of the day, one thing speaks for Inter, and that is that Antonio Conte's stock is not very high in the Premier League. Uh, because of what he did at Chelsea. Uh, a lot of club owners will look at the way he left Chelsea and sued them and go, this is not a guy we want to go near. Uh, his stock in Italy is not very high as well. Um, the, the PSG job, they just hired someone who's doing fairly well in the Champions League and, and that's their goal. We'll have to wait and see. I still think that, you know, I still think that Antonio Conte wants the PSG job. Uh, I still think he wants to play he wants the Real Madrid job I think these are the these this is where he sees himself I just don't think that'll happen this summer which I think is why it speaks to Inter it speaks for Inter because what Inter can do is they can say they can go you know if he wants to leave you know if he demands investment and the clubs he's finally understood that it's not owners being stingy uh, this is there is a financial meltdown and it applies to everyone he won't be able to get that 13 and a half million net per season that his last year of contract, which is next season gives him anywhere else. No one will pay him that. So I don't see him arguing too much. I think they will have a meeting uh, and decide what to do just like they did last year. And then they move on based on that. Um, but yeah. So, so, so I, I mean, it depends. I still think that Sooning are going to stay. I think Sooning will, will want to ride the storm out. They want to win the Scudetto. They want to, to build something because they've done excellent work at this club since taking over, like night and day. Um, so, uh, so I think it's, um, it's, it's going to be very inter- it's going to be a very interesting summer. I think Antonio Conte will stay. I don't think he'll fight his way out. But then again, you never know with him. He could just resign one day. You know, you never know with him. He's a moody, moody guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's all for the Football Ideas podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our guest, Nima. And everyone that took part, Nick yeah. and RMD. You're welcome. Good talking to you guys. <laughs>